This is the Financial Tech Podcast, show number 11, recorded on December 20th, 2011. I am your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from Omaha, Nebraska, and posted each week this podcast out at TheAverageGuy.tv. You can contact the show, podcast at TheAverageGuy.tv, or track me down on Twitter. Just find me at Jay Collison. You can also find us on Facebook or iTunes just by searching The Average Guy Podcast. All right, we're back again for another financial tech podcast. I'm here with my good friend and cohort here at Gallup, Andrew Hunt. Andrew, how are you? And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Jim. I'm pretty well. Uh, It's probably our last one for the year. I think so. It's kind of amazing. I was telling uh, one of our one of our co-workers uh, yesterday that, man, it just doesn't seem like Christmas is on Sunday. It's no. Just, I, it snuck up on me this year. Yeah, 2011 has been a very, very fast year. Yeah. And it seemed like we were just planning, doing some goal planning for Seriously. it. And it's already gone. It is a good exercise to go back. Uh, here at Gallup, we uh, print our goals out and put them in a, in a kind of a little plaque for each year. And uh, the other day, I pulled that down and took a peek at it. I made some things. I didn't make others. Um, it has been an interesting financial year for us personally, just a lot of different things going on. We went through the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University program. Um, we've had a lot of expenses. It seems like every year, if it's not medical bills, I was just telling you our furnace went. That's uh, about a $3,500 uh, deal to get a brand new furnace. Looks great. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, variable speed, super efficient, nice and warm, but. It was 3500 bucks, And you, you do those kinds of things. You do kind of recoup back uh, at some point. And you have to have it, right? So it's not like you can go without heat. We did put some space heaters in, and I just imagine those were sucking down some some serious juice oh, yeah. uh, with the electricity. So, yeah, it's, so it's been an interesting financial year. Uh, Andrew, what, what kind of trends have you seen in the year in 2011? If you were to think about it from a financial perspective, how would you mark 2011? What would it be the year of? Gosh, 2011, I think the word is the year of volatility. It's mm. just been a crazy year. You know, the first uh, the first couple months of the year, we came out strong, re- full-blown recovery mode. And and then, you know, over the summer, there was U.S. debt crisis, which brought the markets down. And then in the fall, it was European debt crisis that brought the markets down. And we're still experiencing that today. I mean, it's uh, it's just been it's just been kind of a wild up and down roller coaster year, testing all of our resolve to be long term investors and and long term savers and and I you know I, I think it's been very textbook just in terms of staying the course and and trying to make great habits and, and be disciplined. So it's been it's been a it's been a pretty wild year, that's for sure. Yeah, if if you and I have had some discussions about this and and I can't uh, I just can't seem to want to buy enough investments at this point. The the pricing has been good. There's been moments in the year when it's been better than others. I'm not a day trader, so that stuff doesn't matter um, as much. You know, I kind of dollar cost average into the market uh, every single month. Um, And and so, but it has been, for me, it has, you look at the last, you know, the first the first 10 years of my career, I could not keep up with the market, right? It just grew. Think about that in the right. 90s right. and the amazing growth that we had. And I remember thinking, I'm never going to be able to save enough because the market's going to outprice me very, very quickly. Well, we've had another, we've had a decade of basically flatlining for the most part, right? right? I mean, the market really hasn't gone anywhere. And so I feel pretty good about the investments that I've made, um, you know, because I can, I can buy in at a fairly stable price. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's been a wild year. That's. I, I mean, I think that's the best way I can summarize it. We've had some great learning opportunities, lots of people going through Financial Peace University, the Dave Ramsey program that we offer 
uh, through our credit union. And uh, that's been really exciting to see a lot of people learning uh, you know, and gaining some new discipline. Really excited for 2012, doing more of that, um, some more uh, investing classes that I'm going to lead. It's going to be really good. Uh, I'm really excited for 2012. Well, it is Christmas time. It That's always right. comes at the end of the year. Shouldn't catch anybody by surprise. Right? <laughs> it's, it's always on December 25th. It's that time of the year when we get uh, gifts, right? It's better to give than to receive. But it sure is kind of cool to receive too, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and so there might be some for, – for folks, there might be an opportunity because of uh, variable amounts. It might become in the form of bonuses. It might come in gift cards. Talk a little bit about that, Andrew. Yeah, you know, so I was thinking about uh, what we could talk about today. And, you know, some of the cliche things came up, like, you know, New Year's resolutions, which I write a lot about at our blog, gallopfcu.blogspot.com. But I really wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, the money that we miss, uh, specifically year-end bonuses, holiday bonuses, gifts, um, you know, things like that, tax returns even if you want to think about, uh, you know, next couple of months in the future. And I just thought, you know, so you got a year-end bonus. Now what? And I think the truth of it is that if we don't have a plan for it, then it pretty easily slips through our fingers and we look back and we go, gosh, well, didn't we get that nice lump sum of money? Where'd that all go? And so uh, I thought I'd, we could talk a little bit about, um, you know, a couple of rules of thumb that you could try out uh, to, to better capitalize on those holiday bonuses. Um, so the first one is, you really need to have a plan for a one-time lump sum income. You know, when I think about variable income like this, I really kind of see it in two forms, right? One where it's a lump sum bonus at the end of the year, and the other where maybe you have variable income throughout the year, you know, uh, large commission chunks or whatever that might be, where you've got some sort of variable monthly income. And so let's talk first about the the holiday bonus, because that's probably the most particular. Uh, that's that's probably on the top of mind for a lot of people. How much is it going to be? When sure. will I get it? Things like that. And um, I think the, probably the most important thing to do is you really have to have a plan in advance um, for all of that money. And I think you can really break it down into two great choices that you can make. Um, and there's actually three choices, but I think two are the best. The, the three choices would be you could pay down debt, you could save, or you could spend it, right? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> and But personally, I love the paying down debt option, especially right now. Um, you know, as everybody knows, with the, the financial environment that we're in, it always makes sense to be a little more uh, deleveraged, a little more free to move about without having the constraints of debt around your shoulders. And specifically, credit card debt and charge card debt. Uh, what a great time of year to not be uh, accumulating more debt, buying Christmas gifts and things like that. And maybe if you if you didn't, you know, if you, you haven't been saving throughout the year for Christmas gifts, maybe this holiday bonus is a great opportunity to pay down those credit cards that you use to buy gifts. Um, and I would love to see uh, all of our listeners, all of our readers, to come into the new year credit card debt free. Uh, you know, you might still have some student loans, some auto loans, your mortgage, things like that. But credit card is credit card debt is really just the bane of American existence. <laughs> you know, it really just uh, pulls people down. And so, gosh, if you get a bonus, why not apply that to credit card debt and at least get a huge chunk knocked out? Uh, the second great choice is to you know make a lump sum one-time extra payment on your mortgage at the end of the year. Um, I, don't, I think 
hopefully this is pretty well publicized, but if you were to just make one extra payment on a 30-year mortgage uh, you, each year, you would uh, you would lop off about seven years on a 30-year really? mortgage. Really? Just one extra payment? Just one extra payment of principal and interest. Oh, so, okay. you know, if you've, if you've got a standard $150,000 house, you know, the principal and interest payment might be $750 a month. Um, if you were to just, you know, put a chunk of money onto that, uh, you're going to, you know, you're looking at paying your mortgage off in, in 23 years as opposed to 30. Uh, that's a big deal. That's a lot of interest savings and, uh, you know, seven years and out of 30 might seem like a small number, but I'll tell you what, guys, it's a really great financial move if, if you can do that. So that's the paying down debt options. I think I think that's the, the kind of the first the first place I would go. The second place would be saving. Uh, you know, we categorize saving in, in three um, in three ways. The first one would be saving for emergencies, because uh, just like you know, Jim, right, right, yeah, <laughs> the furnace goes out. I right. think by anybody's standard, that's an emergency, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially here in Nebraska, you're not going to go. Well, you know, right. we can make it a week or two without heat. Um, fortunately, we didn't have uh, the, the record cold weather that we normally have. I mean, that would be the time typically when it would go out, right? Right. But, uh, it, it, yeah, good to have that, that cash around for an emergency for sure. Yeah, it was about 55 degrees last week, so you could have made it for a couple of days. But uh. we did have, Yeah, we did have some space heaters in there yeah. uh, to kind of keep things warm. So it was chilly enough that, uh, that you need to have it. But, yeah, that's not something we're going to do without. So good, good idea to have some cash uh, you know, put away for that. Yeah, so if your emergency fund's pretty light right now, you know, less than $1,000, that you would say, hey, this is my backstop, this is my buffer in case something bad happens, which it will, by the way. Oh, yeah. Always does. (laughs) You know, take some of this this holiday bonus and and, uh, bolster your emergency fund. That's a great great well-being move. That's a great financial move. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. If you've you've bolstered your emergency fund, uh, that's something really important that's going to help you in the long run. Uh, second second option in saving is saving for major purchases. You know, everybody knows you're going to have to buy a car, especially if you live in Nebraska. Um, you're going to have to uh, buy a, a, a new roof for your house or, or whatever. There's always going to be a major purchase coming up. And that's a great thing to save for as well so it doesn't catch you sleeping and so you don't have to take on new debt. And the third one, is, of course, is wealth building, uh, saving for retirement, saving for uh, college, uh, just kind of general building wealth, investing, things like that. Um, you know, and so I would kind of prioritize in that order. You know, if you have an emergency fund, you know, that would be the first place to go, and then major purchases, and then saving for wealth. Um, and then, of course, the third option with a holiday bonus is to spend it. And I would say, hey, if you haven't been saving year-round for, for Christmas and your options are either take on credit card debt or spend your holiday bonus on, <laughs> on it, gosh, spend your holiday bonus on Christmas so you don't take out credit card debt. Yeah. But just like we talked about in, on the blog and, and, you know, and, and I think maybe even a little bit last time, that this, is, this year is a great year to uh, kind of have a, maybe a, a present-free or, or – homemade present Christmas and uh, I'm our family's doing that and I'm really excited about it so um, yeah that's the third option spending it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah you know that's tough with the kids uh, right. to, to do that we we uh, Sarah and I this year have have kind of chosen not to do gifts for each other mm-hmm. um, just just with everything that's going on uh, and, and but it's tough to do with the kids so Absolutely. you know that you definitely gotta kind of commit to that if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna do something something like that Andrew, does uh, do you consider your tax return uh, in part of these uh, this, this conversation? Is do because that's tax money coming back? Do I somehow treat that differently? Is that just free money that that the government gives back to me each year? 
That's a great question, Jim. And that was like a total softball. You threw that up, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to knock it out of the park. So, so a tax return, if you're getting a large tax return, I'm, by large I mean over $500, um, two things going on. Right there, you have, to, you have to treat that as variable income, just like we're talking about right now, some sort of bonus income that you have to have a plan for. That's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is, is if you're getting that large of a tax return, you are withholding way too much from each paycheck. That's money you could have in your pocket uh, for budgeting, for year-round saving, that you're giving to the government basically on an interest-free loan. Uh, so, uh, you know, you should talk with your uh, your payroll administrator at your office or your local uh, tax professional that you work with uh, for your tax planning and, uh, and, and help them figure out the right withholding for your family. Um, you know, it's my goal to not have to pay a, a tax bill at the end of the year, but to not get a huge tax return um, back. And so this year I was actually calculating it just this weekend what we're going to have to pay. My wife is self-employed, so our tax bill is going to be significant. Uh, that, that's always fun. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of a it's, – it's interesting. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, that was a great question. Well, and, and so I have kids in college. Uh-huh. And, and actually I have a kid dropping off. I got married back in May, and so I'm going to consider, you know, he'll do his own taxes this year. I'm not going to consider him half, you know, I think the rule is half of his support, right? Yep, to, depend, be, for, to be a dependent. Yeah. And uh, his wife is self-employed, and they're doing their taxes. So he's gone, right? So I'm down to four dependents, and uh, I, have, I have one full-time in school. And I had one full-time in school last year. So that's always fun to try and work on the hope, learning credit, and some of those yep. other things. So that makes my taxes kind of complicated. Oftentimes, big credits come back for us because of those college things. So it makes it difficult to to get my taxes right, right. Uh, in some state because you don't you know you don't want to get in the hole with right. the IRS right as right. Well. And that W nine is sometimes difficult to figure out. So if you have questions, find you know find a friend, consult a tax advisor, get those things straightened out. Spend some time, you know, pen and paper. I did get. Um, I did get a, a, a you know H and R Block actually sent me their software early this year huh. and said, hey, here's you know here's our DVD. Go ahead and you know try it out and you get a special price if you if you do. I think it's thirty bucks if you know I can install it, use whatever version I want, and then just pay for it online. Basically, so right. that works. So. Um, yeah, so tax time is coming up as well. We'll have to talk about that. Maybe we'll have to talk about tax time in the, yeah. next, in the next podcast. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you right off, you know, uh, you know, my undergrad's in accounting, and, and I did a lot of tax research and planning and stuff in graduate school. And uh, I'll tell everybody, uh, full disclosure, I pay somebody to do my taxes. Mm-hmm. And that's just simply because it's so uh, it's so difficult to keep up, like like you mentioned, on all the changing tax law and credits and things like that. So I I, I believe in the value of professionals, and, uh, and I, you know, I, I encourage our listeners and and our readers to, to consider doing the same. Uh, we know some great CPAs who provide, uh, who truly do provide the value that they charge yeah. on your yeah. on your tax service. Yeah, so. they do it every day. They know the rules inside right. and out. Andrew, is it possible with a, a lump sum uh, that I would uh, I would budget that out in some way and not necessarily think of it as I've got to spend it all in one place? I either have to pay down debt, I either have to put it in savings, or I either have to spend it all. Can I budget that out? Absolutely. And I think this is a great segue to the second type of variable income, which is uh, you know almost a commission type where you've got some sort of guaranteed base. 
um, and then some sort of performance-based income. You know, this is really similar to the Gallup model in terms of all of our people at Gallup um, have some sort of pay-for-performance measurement in their as a part of their pay. And I think a lot of people anymore are, you know, their employers might be going to a model similar to this. And that is really difficult um, for budgeting and, uh, and, and can be a barrier to entry in terms of getting knee-deep into a budget. Right. And so what I say to do is, yeah, absolutely, you should totally budget for these things. If it's if you're if you know you're going to have a certain amount of money each month, some sort of base, you know, do your budget based around that, and then any excess income that you have come in, have a plan in advance to spend that um, on paper. So whether it's going to be to pay down debt, uh, build wealth, extra spending, things like that, you know, literally have a plan, write it out. These are the priorities. You know, first I want to pay down this credit card. Then I want to pay down this student loan. Then I want to save in a Roth IRA or then I want to save for college or whatever it's going to be and have a plan so that when the money comes in, you can reference your list and say, okay, first thing here, credit card debt. Second thing, student loan. Third thing, saving for retirement. And that way you really already have a plan so that the money doesn't just magically disappear, yeah. uh, you know, on dining out or something right. like that. And that's, and that's easy to happen, and, you know, and, and if maybe it's been a while since you've had a nice dinner and, and uh, not a I don't think not a bad idea to budget that in. If you've Absolutely. gotten a significant amount, you know, uh, uh, take a chunk of that, get it in cash, go right. out, go out and enjoy, you know, and enjoy it. That's absolutely. You know, I'm not the kind of financial guy to tell you that you have to live on, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> crackers and bologna. <laughs> right, crackers and bologna, and that you should never ever have a latte or anything like that. It's all about values and and being realistic with yourself. That's what it's all about. Um, so yeah, I think th- I think that kind of summarizes the year in holiday bonus um, idea that that I've kind of been thinking about a little bit here and uh, wanted to encourage our listeners about. You bet. You know, over the last year, we've talked uh, or, and, and we call this show you know financial tech because a year ago, and it's been a year now. So yep. congratulations on uh, we got ten podcasts in in a year, and uh, this is number eleven in its second year. Um, we initially the vision is that we would talk a little bit about how the merger or the the intersection of technology and and finances come together. And and as I listen back over the last ten episodes, we've done okay in that. But you're making a move with Guide Rock Capital to really add some technology to what you do, and I think it's a very cool. Um, a very cool way of, of taking technology and using it in your favor. So you told me when we met a couple of weeks ago that you were thinking about going uh, purchasing a couple Kindle Fires. Yes. With the full intent of using those as a customer interface. So talk a little bit about how you plan to use the Kindle Fire, which primarily is a consumer electronics device right. that Amazon has kind of used to um, marry with their Prime, their Amazon Prime um, uh, fee-based um, you know, it's service to, to stream movies and TV shows and mm-hmm. things like that. Andrew, how do you plan to use that in a financial planning capacity? Right. So in our practice at, at Guide Rock Capital, we obviously engage in a lot of financial planning engagements where um, you know, we're sitting across the table with, with clients talking about go working through, the, you know, their, their assets, their liabilities, their investment holdings. And typically, that manifests itself in a in a large paper packet. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've gotten several of those. And, right, and they're pretty thick. And you know, it's you know, being a younger professional, I'm all about reducing paper and having stuff. You know, quite honestly, it's just easier to store stuff electronically, and and that way, I don't have to worry about scanning or saving files and things like that. And so. 
I thought it would be really cool. The Kindle Fire, I really love. Um, and, you know, they're in the mail right now. I ordered a bunch of them. Nice. So, so uh, <laughs> I really like the idea of using that um, in our client meetings where we're sitting across the table. And instead of having stacks of paper, we've got this one handheld device with a seven-inch screen uh, flipping through a PDF together of uh, of their 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 report. And so um, instead of having a paper stack that we have to keep track of, we've got a PDF file um, and we're going to use an uh, uh, electronic database where we can access securely uh, the content um, through a, a cloud server, if you will, where they've got a, their own password login and all that kind of stuff. It's very important for it to be protected. And, uh, and then it's uh, never stored on the device itself. It's really we're just accessing the cloud together. Yeah. So the software that you use or the service that you use for the for your you know to manage the customer's investments, are they the one providing this interface, these PDFs, this these graphs and charts, so to speak, for you? And then you're accessing them securely on the Kindle, or are you accessing them through a PC and then moving those PDFs to the to the uh, to the fire? Yeah, that's a great question. We've got so the way it's going to work. In theory, yeah, right. <laughs> is we've got uh, you know we've got all kinds of report generating software um, that you know we have here at the office, and then what we do is we we create these reports, we put them out um, onto this uh, cloud based server, and then our clients can access the server uh, through their own personalized uh, login credentials. And it's all, you know, HTTPS secured and all that good stuff. And uh, at the same time that they're accessing it, I can access it from my admin side. And so we can access the server together, sit across from each other with our fires, and look at the look at the PDF documents that are saved out there in their uh, in their personal folders, and and talk about the the information. And so it's going to be kind of a a pretty legitimate. Uh, legitimate experience for at least for our younger clients i think we might still stay paper for some of our older clients i sure. think uh you know the adoption of, of the technology would be you, a little you, bit harder you might sell a couple fires to some folks who who never knew that's what could be done with it and um you know the, the kindle fire 199 uh, retail, Super cheap. right very inexpensive uh, maybe a little underpowered for for what uh, most folks are going to use it for. Andrew, I'll be really interested in seeing how this is implemented. You you've, you picked three, I assume one for you, and then one for each customer. If you have a couple, is that right. kind of? And so, would my experience be I'm going to come in and you'll have a icon or something ready for me that I'll hit, and then well, I'll need to put my own pass username and password in to access that information. Is that how that works? Right. Yeah. We never want to have access to our customers' usernames and passwords. So. We'll have a link ready to go so they can go log into their secure. Uh, now, do I have that today? You don't have it yet. Okay. This is going to be a 2012 edition. Excellent. So Excellent. it's so going to be. Additional. Now, if I, could I get that to that from my iPad as well? Once I, so if I know the link, I don't necessarily have to be sitting with you to have right. access to that information. So I could come in on my iPad. Do the same thing. Right? Absolutely. Cell yeah. phone as well. Could I come in on an Android device? You could come in on an Android device. If you've got a web browser, uh, you'll be able you'll be able to hit the server site, and then you, need, you just need your credentials. Very cool. So it's a really it's a mobile offering. Exactly. And then your plan is to have a couple units in the office to to when you're reviewing uh, once a quarter, twice a year, or whatever right. that happens to be, you can pull these um, you can pull these out 
say, let's look at it this way and maybe save yourself from having to generate a stack load of paperwork. Absolutely. What about all those fun disclosures that I have to go through? Then? Oh, are they'll still be, be in there. there. <laughs> <laughs> disclosures are not going away. They'll still be in there. And, uh, you know, I think it's really exciting because the thing I like most about the Kindle Fire is the, you know, the Wi-Fi capability. If we're meeting at a coffee shop, if we're meeting here in the office, uh, you know, as long as we've got Wi-Fi, we can do a lot of really cool um, really cool stuff on on the fire. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, looking looking forward to that. That'll be fun. I, I told you, and you told me you were getting them. I'm like, well, I want to let's crack those open, and you know, let, <laughs> yeah. let me be a beta tester for you. Yeah. Uh, with the customer, and 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 that's great. You know, I'll remind folks how are you know? It's always good for us to hear how you're using technology in your your everyday financial world. We've talked about mints. We've talked about some other things, you know, uh, along that lines. But if you have new ways, things we haven't talked about, you'd like to hear us talk about, send us an email, podcast at theaverageguy.tv, and uh, we'll get those on the show. Well, Andrew, pretty excited about these Kindle Fires coming. What's going to keep you from trying to watch movies on them during the day <laughs> when you are when you probably should be working? When you get you, you know, lock them out so you don't get tempted? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think because I'm cheap, I don't want to pay for all the, yeah. the app do you, downloads. Do you have an app? Amazon Prime account? I don't. Um, yeah, okay. I need to though because I buy a lot of stuff off Amazon. Yeah, anymore. and that's a seventy dollars purchase every year, and that gets you free two day shipping. Shipping. Yeah. I think I've been on my other podcasts that are tech related. I've been ridiculed by the guys because I don't have a Prime account yet, and I still haven't bought one. Um, after I see this fire, that might you know that might yeah. convince me. Certainly, with the fire, you absolutely have to have Amazon Prime. You don't have to, right? Right. But but if you're it's going to use it as a consumer device, it works best if you have access to all of Amazon's you know music and movies and, and right. such on there as well. So I imagine those those will have some generic accounts that you'll need to set up right when you log mm-hmm. them in for the first time, and then individuals will have to. Uh, use the the credit union or the guide rock accounts right to access the web and some of those other things exactly yeah Yeah. very cool any other thoughts on on the kindle fire no i'm excited about it i'm excited for the uh for the user interface and i think people are really going to dig not having to have a stack of paperwork and then of course they can access their electronic copy at any time they don't have to worry about you know, losing or, or, or storing in binders the, <laughs> yeah. the large amount of information. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be honest. I'm a cloud guy, and I know everything you produce is available somewhere else. We go through that paperwork. I end up sending it to the shredder because right. I don't want it to be – I mean, I'm trying to declutter my life. Right. Um, I just went through an exercise this weekend. I changed my office around. That's always a good – at home, that's always a good time to throw things oh, away. Yeah. And so I have a stack of things at home that uh, are dusty. And if they're dusty, that probably means I haven't used them in a while and that they need to go to recycle or, or be given away or, you know, what have you. But a stack of paperwork that just needs to go to the shredder right. and be done with it. But I have over the last decade, I've really eliminated paper. I mean, it, it, it's, it's so weird. Easy. It's quietly, you know, we talked about a paperless society, right? right. That has been promised for 35, 40 years. And I'm, I really am dealing with less and less paper. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure we've caught up. Uh, oftentimes we've caught up in the business world. I still go to meetings and I get stacks of paper. Um, I, I was on a team or I had a team. Uh, I managed a team or I recently moved them all to laptops. And we actually sit around a table. Everybody's got their laptop. We produce very little paper. And I think um, that's the way it's going. I mean, pretty soon instead of laptops, it's going to be tablets. And, uh, and the tablets are going to be more and more powerful. And before we know it, uh, you know, every, every meeting is going to be conducted uh, over the cloud with where we're all accessing the same 
uh, same electronic document and maybe even in real time updating it together. I think yeah. it's going to be pretty cool. You and I were talking. I still don't have you on uh, Google Plus from a show notes perspective. All my other shows, we, we put the show notes out there. That's another Google Docs is another method then folks can share information back and forth. I currently uh, I keep some workout statistics that I share between my trainer and mm-hmm. myself all on Google Plus, and I can access it, and he can access it as well. And in fact, I need to update it. Um, but uh, some great ways to share some documentation. Okay, we got about two minutes left in the podcast, Andrew. I want to ask you a question. I know you're not a big predictor. I know you hate it when I ask you these <laughs> questions, right? So I won't ask you to predict 2012, but what kind of trends do you see if you were to look out ahead and somebody said, hey, I'm looking at 2012, what, what are some macro uh, some macro trends that you might see out there coming for 2012. What do you think? Well, gosh, Jim, the, uh, domestically here in the U.S., the overarching uh, theme of 2012 is going to be election. Uh, you're, as, as we see uh, Republican uh, candidates for president uh, become the Republican nominee, uh, that's really going to dictate uh, where markets go. Uh, de- depending on electability of that individual um, and their background expertise, you know, if certain people fall into certain lines, uh, I probably don't feel like I can speak much to that because the fact that we work at Gallup, but uh, that's going to be a huge, uh, that's going to be a huge piece of 2012. It's really going to impact where things are going. Um, And so I think as we see that start to unfold, we're going to see increased volatility again. And I think 2012, uh, although, you know, there's some really good data that came out today in terms of housing starts and unemployment, um, I think that's going to help improve markets as we start off the year. Um, but really, as we see some of these uh, caucuses come back and we start to see candidates uh, lead the pack, it's really going to impact uh, what happens in the market. And so uh, I guess I'll cop out a little bit and say <laughs> we don't know yeah, for sure, no, but that's going to be a huge driver yeah. for, for sure. Yeah, I think that's good. I, and, of course, I think the best place to follow all the election um, uh, all the news around election, and and if you really want to know what people think, of course, Gallup.com right. is the place to go out. We uh, we worked very hard to uh, to pull the you know to pull the people and uh, and to hear what they're saying, and uh, lots of good information. Our numbers always spike this time of year yep. when it comes to polling results, and there's some good stuff out there. www.gallup.com, and and hopefully we do update that every single day. So if you think yeah. that's a uh, that's a monthly poll around elections. No, we ask those questions every single day. Yeah, every day. Well, Andrew, I hope you have a great Christmas. Me uh, too. Looking forward to uh, getting to the end of the year and, and uh, getting into 2012. And I'll tell the listeners Merry Christmas. I'll get this before Christmas. So uh, Merry Christmas to you. A happy New Year. I'll remind folks if they want to contact the show, they have ideas for us, things they'd like us to cover, they can send us an email, podcast at theaverageguy.tv. I recently spent some time updating the site, and I actually have all the necessary RSS. That's the way you get it automatically to your iPod or your, your, your iPhone or your iPad or your Android tablet or your Android device. Or your Kindle Fire. Or your Kindle Fire. <laughs> uh, all the links that are, uh, that are necessary to make that happen automatically to your device are out there at theaverageguy.tv. Just look in the right-hand column. Um, you'll see actually all the shows that we do and then some symbols. There's one for iTunes and then there's another one that's just for RSS that kind of covers everything else. Click on those and you'll be prompted to, uh, to follow whatever software you use to manage your RSS feeds in that way. Again, if you have questions or need some help doing that, just send me an email, podcast at theaverageguy.tv. We'll do it all again in 2012. Andrew, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Jeff.